alas, spring break is over. Hello, welcome to Curiosity Killed the Cat. I'm your host, Sarah, and today I'm going to be talking about Troy in this uh, welcome back from spring break, if you even spring breaked, um, bonus episode. Uh, I've got Godfather Part 2 coming up right next after this one, um, but I thought, you know, let's like add a little bit of a sunshiny brightness, um, you know, in between the Godfather 1 movie and Godfather Part 2, because... Mm, I'm going to be doing Godfather Part 3 as well. I decided to do it. It's been, it's, it's the choice that has been made. I'm going to honor it. I'm going to live by my word here. Um, there's actually a, I believe it's an official Twitter account. Um, the Godfather Part 3 coda is what I believe it's called. Um, and it's Francis Ford Coppola's, um, uh, edit director's cut of it. So, uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Cause again, it's been probably over a decade since I've seen the third movie. Um, so yeah, definitely ready to see Andy Garcia do his best Al Pacino. Um, I think now from what I'm remembering properly is he's Connie's son, Victor, the one that Michael refers to that gets like picked up for, for some petty crime in Reno, which like, wouldn't you just love that on your fucking, uh, rap sheet? So anyways, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to all of that, but, um, happened to, uh, come across Troy the other night. Um, and yeah, it was, uh, it was quite a fun ride and I really, really enjoyed it. And I'm pretty much only ever going to talk about like movies or shows, um, that I've enjoyed. Cause I don't really want to sit and talk about like movies or shows that I don't like because I don't think people, (laughs) I don't think people want to hear about that. You know what I mean? Um, unless I have like a a friend or guest on or something, um, it's pretty much just going to be movies I'm gushing about and, um, coming up down the road here, me and my friend Ashley are going to start doing more, um, like, uh, like women in Hollywood, women in music, um, kind of like little biography kind of episodes, uh, curiously captivating women, if you will. Um, and then I'm going to see if I can dredge up some, um, some kind of weirder conspiracy theories for some, uh, some weird eerie episodes down the road. But for now, I'm going to kind of stick to movies and I am so ready to get into Troy. Um, yeah, again, it was, it was a joy to watch. It was the, this perfect blend of like, you know, that super long fantasy, uh, long form storytelling heroes and bad Kings. And it was just, um, it was quite a ride, just the perfect amount of cheesiness, you know, to just give it what it like really properly needed. And, um, and it was good. It was good. I really enjoyed it. Um, Eric Bana, Brad Pitt, uh, Rose Byrne. Hello. Like one of her first roles, I'm sure, or I think that, you know, I'm not going to make that assumption. She might've been around since she's been a kid. I'm not quite sure, but, um, I just remember her from like damages, which was on TV around this time, like 2004. Um, we have Sean Bean with the most beautiful fucking forehead of bangs I've ever seen. Britney Spears in the late nineties couldn't even compare to the voluminous, uh, barrel 
bang curl that he had going on throughout this whole fucking film. It was phenomenal. Um, I think I put on my Twitter something about being really surprised that he made it to the very end of the film because he usually dies in everything that he's in. And, you know, he made it through the fucking, he made it through the Battle of Troy. It's kind of a big deal. So very impressive. Um, one of my favorite actors of all time, Mr. Brian Cox, like the Brian Cox. Um, he is wonderful and he is so juicy and delicious in this like bad king role. I'm not going to say the name. It's like Agdememnon, whatever. Um, but yeah, he's great. So I am so ready to get into it. So let's do this. All right. So I'll be getting into more of the cast as we kind of like stroll the story along here. But um, I just want to say shout out to the character that is Achilles. Um, Brad Pitt freaking rocks the shit out of like the most punk rock like anarchist like fictional warrior of all time like this guy was just like you know, I don't really fight for anybody I don't really believe in countries you know, I don't really like not even blood like blood nah I mean no he gets really upset when his cousin dies I, I take that back so blood is important to him but um yeah he's just pretty much like I'll be chilling in my tent if I feel like fighting I'll fucking fight so love it so great and um like uh, Eric Bana's Hector uh, is just this perfect um, kind of like a, a, oh my God, what am I trying to say here? Um, same coin, different side. Okay. Uh, respectable warrior. You know, they both have this kind of like, everybody has an honor code when you're like this level of fucking fighter, right? I'm going to let this plane go by because this is an um, outside ambiance episode can't talk about Troy inside the house. Come on. Oh no, that's a helicopter. Cool. Yeah. So, um, to get into some of the interesting little like tidbits, Easter eggs I saw pop up throughout the film. And then like in the credits when it rolled, uh, notice that the screenwriter is David Benioff of the double D's of game of Thrones. Um, I like, that was kind of interesting. I uh, didn't know it was a Warner Brothers picture. Uh, Brad Pitt's production company, Plan B, is a part of it. Um, and they always, like, freaking bang out, like, they bang out the bangers. Like, honestly, oscar Woody movies, I don't know. that they, Him and his team know how to, like, pick uh, really, really um, fun, interesting, different stories that I don't think other people, like... Uh, let's see the light of day or like give proper chances to so good on you for that that's really good uh lots of oscars perfect love it wonderful amazing um where do we go for oh okay so yeah so game of thrones uh what else was there something about game of thrones oh there was this one um kind of, well, I won't say it's a set piece. It might be something that's actually on location because, uh, it's said that they filmed in Malta and they filmed in Cabo San Lucas. And I know that Game of Thrones filmed in Malta throughout some of the seasons. So, um, there is this like huge freaking gate, um, when Achilles comes to demand Hector to come out and fight him. Um, and he's just screaming Hector, like over and over. And this wall looks like the same exact gate wall thing that Cersei 
was on in season eight, right before they freaking beheaded uh, Miss Sandy Daenerys' little, little uh, like best friend. I, I always say little best friend because in the books, she's like a little girl. Um, anyways, so I just thought those looked exactly the same. So I don't know if that's an actual place you can go to or if I'm just absolutely tripping balls. I don't know. But anyways, um, yeah, so there's your Game of Thrones tie-ins to, uh, to that. Actually, no, I'm not done with the Game of Thrones tie-in. Fucking Sean Beam. We're going back to Sean Beam. We're going back to Ned Stark. Again, uh, he made it, he made it through the whole fucking thing. He made it through the whole, the whole ordeal, okay? Comes up with the Trojan horse idea. He's like the first, I think he does the narration. So like, he's the first voice you hear. He's the last voice you hear. And I believe he's the last shot. He says something like, tell them I lived in the, in the time of Hector. Tell them I lived in the time of Achilles. And then I think the movie's just over. So thanks for coming to the podcast. That's it. I'm glad you guys enjoyed the story. I'm all done here. Um, yeah. So anyways, that was really cool. I really appreciated seeing him, um, make it through, make it through a whole thing. He didn't get, he didn't get, uh, Ned Stark and he didn't get Boromir. So good for you, Sean Bean. And I guess today's his birthday. So like extra cool. That means he's an Aries and like, I'll take it because I'm an Aries. Um, moving on, moving on, moving on. So, um, what's beautiful about this like storyline is like, it's just so well casted. You have like one set of brothers technically against another set of brothers and like their armies that surround them fighting for them. And, uh, the, the two sets of brothers are so different from one another, right? You have Brian Cox and fucking Brendan Gleason, Mad-Eye Moody in the flesh himself. Okay. And Brian Cox, Mr. Logan Roy with his number one boy, his brother, he's like, listen, I know your wife left off with like that little punk ass freaking Paris, but I want their armies. You want your wife back. This is going to work out really good. We're going to go get her. We're going to go get her and I'm going to take care of you. Okay. It'll be good. Right. It's the brotherly thing to do. Um, but what's like so shitty is I was, I put the beginning on like, uh, right before I started recording this again, just to, uh, just to freaking see this part. Brendan Gleeson, they're all in his, um, I don't know, manse, house, castle, whatever it is, his dining hall. And he's thanking them all for being there, talking about how they were once enemies and now they're allies and how he respects the king of Troy and just going on and on. And the whole time, freaking Helen, his wife, Diane Kruger, beautiful fucking Diane Kruger, um, of course, armies would fight over this woman, um, you know, she's making, she's making sexy eyes with Legolas. Okay. We've got Orlando Bloom across the table looking great. Him and Eric Bana, again, you know, they're, they're younger than, um, than, uh, Cox and Gleason, you know, um, and just, it's, I just, I just love this. I just, I just love these two sets of brothers. They're really, really great, um, going up against each other. So we've got, you know, Banna with his kind of regal, you know, older prince, you know, going to be king someday fucking energy, right? Um, sitting there laughing. And then we see, um, we see Blondie go up the stairs and, um, Bloom follows her, right? Prince Paris. Of course his fucking name is Paris. So he goes up there, he follows her, he closes the door and he locks it. And I, at first I was like, 
that's mighty bold of you, Mr. Mr. Paris. Like, you know, I know you're a prince and she's pretty and you're good looking, but like maybe watch the locking of the door. Okay. You can't get away with that shit right now in 2021. It wouldn't happen. Um, but then she, then she says something to him and he retorts like, you didn't say that last night. So clearly they have been fucking each other for at least a few days or however long that the freaking, um, however long the freaking Troy, Troy boys have been in Sparta. Okay. So clearly, you know, they're in love, they're in lust. And when it's time to go the next day, um, uh, they're on the boat and little brother is like, Hey, big brother, I have a surprise for you, which like, that's never good. Like if my sister's like, I have a surprise for you. It's usually just like, um, a present. It usually it's like a Red Bull or like, I, I don't know, something like Disney related, but this is not, this is not, um, this is like war stuffed at, the, stowed away at the bottom of the ship. Okay. Um, he brought Helen with him. Okay. Uh, stole her away from Sparta, stole him away from Mad-Eye Moody. And like Hector is fucking horrified. He's like, we are taking this bitch back right back to where she belongs. And, and Legolas is like, you can't do that. Like she, I love her. So you can't do that. And he's like, dude, do you have any idea what this means? And Orlando Bloom is just kind of like, I don't really care. (laughs) And it's just like, you could just see like the doom and sadness and darkness just like fall over like Hector's face. Eric Bana is just so good. I need, I need him to be in more things again. I know he's probably just like chilling in Australia, like doesn't need to do much, but like, fuck man, that would be really cool to see. It'd be really cool to see him and uh, Brad Pitt in something together again. Now that they're a little bit older, that would be good. Um, I don't know what, but somebody should get on that. So we all know what's coming. We see Mad-Eye Moody super upset. His wife is gone. Um, You know, his brother is just ready to go. Agamemnon. Did I say that right? I think I just said it right. I'm not going to say it again. Um, So they're ready to go, right? It's like, let's get the ships ready. Let's get freaking Achilles up in here. Let's go to war. Let's do this, right? And so it's go time. And uh, we see the, the beautiful young princes arrive back to Troy and we get, uh, speaking of beauty, gorgeous Peter O'Toole with these just big ass blue eyes, just a stunning elder man, elder gentleman, sir, whatever you want to call him, um, just looking great, right? And he is, he's just uh, beyond fucking regal and royal. I mean, he's the king after all. But um, when he comes to welcome Helen, he knows damn well what she what she is going to bring, what this love brings with her. You know, he knows what his son has done here. Um, but he's still very graceful with her and very kind. And she, I think she says, like, I'm Helen of Sparta or something. And he says, you were once Helen of Sparta and now you're Helen of Troy. And I was like, ooh, I like that. So that's a nice father-in-law right there. You know what I mean? Um so good for, it's good for Helen. Um, things with Paris get a little bit interesting, but, um, yeah, that was one thing I was trying to pay attention to, like, throughout the rest of the movie. We don't see a whole lot more really between her and Paris. Um, just a couple little snippets here and there, but, um, 
I'll get to what she tells him after um, Legolas and Mad-Eye Moody get into their uh, their single combat that they got going on. It's 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 pretty interesting. So now that little Miss Helen is settled in her new Kardashian family setup, she's got sister-in-law, brother-in-law, nephew, father-in-law, cousins, spirit guides, priest, war commanders, everything that you could, um, you know, ever want as a, a young princess uh, in a new town, right? You know, she's well insulated and... Um, I will say that Diane Kruger does this beautiful, subtle job of carrying the weight of all of this stuff like on her shoulders, like through her eyes. Um, you can see that her character understands the devastation that's coming. Um, and it's, it's, it's very, it's a sadness. Um, you could tell she feels bad and she feels guilty. Um, she does try to leave at one point um, before the war really kicks off, um, but Hector stops her. Um, I do like the the. I like that she kind of has a older brother in Hector because it seems like when she was in Sparta, uh, I don't think her husband's brother there was much of an older brother figure. He's just kind of a freaking asshole. So um, I kind of like that platonic. Um, relationship snippets that we see between um Hector and Helen um so anyways I thought that was kind of nice uh and so uh, what do we have here now so um basically Troy is waiting for them all to show up to roll up in the boats show up on the sand storm the beach do the thing and so uh we get beautiful beautiful Eric Bana chilling with his baby and his wife like just looking good looking like it's just like dad mode and then the bells start ringing okay boom doom they're here okay and then like we see freaking Achilles take like a rogue one Star Wars freaking suicide group he's like we're fucking storming the beach it's like the 20 of us it's only us i don't give a shit about that king i don't give a shit why we're here i don't even give a shit about nothing literally negative nothing we're just gonna fucking go do this and and you're my men you're my brothers let's go do this like he's the soldier soldier that's who he fights for and like that's it okay and if you do shit after he like if you do shit when he tells you to not do shit you're going to make him really, really upset. And he might just humiliate you in front of like everybody else. So it's not fun. So Achilles is like, let's fucking go. Okay. So they literally just start running in the sand, which that has to be like some physically demanding work. Like there's a few times where you see huge groups of these actors all dressed up in their freaking, um, you know, heavy armor, you know, in the sun, uh, stomping through the stand, stomping through the sand and, uh, whew, my legs like burned just watching this movie. So they get to the top of the temple. It's Apollo's temple, the sun God Achilles is like, fuck the gods. I'm going to cut this freaking statue's head off. He does it really easily. So I don't think that statue was actually made out of gold. Um, but yeah, so they do that. Hector shows up and he's like, you sacked the temple. Come fight me, bitch. And uh, Achilles is like, I'm not going to fight you. 
it's too early for killing princes. I usually don't like to do that till after I get brunch and a couple mimosas in. So it's not time. It is not time for me to kill you today. And so what do they decide? I don't know. They decide some freaking be like, we'll fight tomorrow. Right? So, um, what do we get from here? Is this one, um, I don't want to skip the part. There's something that the Troy dudes, there's like a raid thing that like, uh, Hector does in the middle of the night where they have these like giant, like twine balls, like these like tumbleweed looking things. And they let all these arrows on fire. And as these things come down the, the beach, they catch fire and they basically turn into like giant rolling cannonballs. I don't know. It was fucking great. Like the effects were, were pretty good in this movie. And this was right around 2004. So like Lord of the Rings time. Um, so yeah, it, a lot of the, uh, effects in this movie were pretty, pretty seamless. And, um, in terms of like choreography and fighting, um, all of the gentlemen, flawless, beautiful, wonderful, um, Brad Pitt jumps like 50 different times in this movie. It was like this really cool move and I really liked it. Um, so anyways, uh, so that was like the firefight. The temple gets sacked. Um, we get Rose Byrne is, uh, dragged to Achilles tent. And of course he's like, I'm not going to hurt you because I'm not that kind of a guy. And she's like, I've seen thousands like you. And he's like, no, you fucking haven't. That was a line, you know, it's like Jamie Lannister. It's like when Jamie Lannister says, there are no men like me, which I can't remember if George wrote that or if the double D's wrote that, because if the double D's wrote that, that would be pretty interesting because David Benioff wrote this movie. Okay. Anyways. Um, so yeah, so they've, they've got a cute little connection there, right? Troy or Troy. I keep calling him Troy. Achilles has a new, a new little girlfriend, right? And we meet his cousin who is baby Garrett Headland, who's like another, like really great actor. Um, and, uh, Mr. Tron legacy, if you will. Um, he is Achilles's younger cousin kind of looks like him you know, hair, height wise, whatever. And obviously that comes into play. Um, because what do we get first? Okay. So sequencing wise, I can't really remember where we're at here, but <laughs> all that matters is like one of the, the next big steps here in the plot is, uh, Paris decides I will fight, uh, Mad-Eye Moody one-on-one single combat him and I, you know, if I die, whatever, you know, this is, this is for Helen. I'm not going to let like all of our soldiers fight, um, for a choice that I made, which is like, okay, good for you. And you know, he's scared as fuck. So I would say the bravest thing that he does in general is just even suggest doing this. Um, I don't know if he knew if anybody would like be like, of course, Paris, let's do this. Um, which of course they were like, no, no, we can't, we can't. Um, but he does, you know, so he gets dressed and he puts on his armor and he goes and he fights Brendan Gleason. Okay. Which like, if he was Legolas, yes. Okay. You know what? Actually, I would like to see 
Legolas and uh, Mad Eye Moody in a one-on-one -on -one fight. That would be that would pretty that'd be pretty glorious. Um, yeah, but instead here we've got I can't remember Gleason's character's name. It's probably like Gargamemnon. I don't know. Um, but uh, we oh my god, how do you even how do you even describe Orlando Bloom? Just he really. Um, Every, ah, God, everybody just, you can tell everybody really enjoys playing their characters. And, you know, I don't give a shit what you have to, like, I don't remember what the reviews were about this movie. I could really give two shits. Um, because when the people in the films are just happy to play the character that they're playing, sometimes that's, that's good enough. You know what I mean? And that is rich here with every single character from Helen to King Agdemnon. Did I say that right? I, I said I wasn't going to say it again, but I said it again. Um, you know, Cox is just like, Ooh, orchestrating the fucking symphony behind his eyeballs in this role. Um, you're telling me Brad Pitt didn't relish playing Achilles again. Like this, the fucking punk rock warrior. Um, you know, definitely, uh, a little bit different than, then like I'm just trying to think in terms of like fighters that he's played Tyler Durden like I could see some similarities between the the anarchist nature of him and Achilles but also very very different so anyways moving on um Banna again just really comes into the uh, this regal fucking warrior like mode, obviously like, and into the older brother, uh, birth order, uh, role that he plays here. His younger brother made this kind of uh, impulsive, whatever decision, a decision. And, you know, at the end of the day for someone like him, it always comes down to family and no matter what doom this brings, he's going to be there for his little brother. Right. And so, um, seeing the fear in Orlando's Bloom's eyes throughout this whole fight is phenomenal. Like he knows he's going up against a fucking rock. Okay. He is going up against a fucking bear of a man. And, uh, he stays in the fight for a while. And then the craziest thing fucking happens he just starts crawling oh, to his big brother's feet and it's intense like you know you're thinking like oh you know at surface level you're probably like oh what a bitch move you know like no this is like it's so much deeper than that he he knows where he has to go for protection and it's like this innate instinct that like like the fight or flight thing I don't know I just really enjoyed how this whole scene went because it's when things go really 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 wrong um and Paris is literally at the feet of Hector holding on to his big brother um just looking like fucking help me like make it stop and it's something it's an, it's something and uh and Gleason, dude, he just is fucking furious. He unleashes this freaking, just like two or three sentences 
Oh, dude, I'm getting goosebumps. I'm getting goosebumps. He freaking looks up at the tower because he knows Helen's up there. And he's like, is this what you left me for? He literally says it. Oh my God, I got the goosebumps. It's literally, and it's like, I don't, you know, he probably wasn't the world's best husband. <laughs> um, I think she said she wanted to like fucking just walk into the ocean every night and never come back and just die out there. So Helen wasn't having a good time in Sparta, but like just to see this man just like looking at the dude that his fucking prize trophy wife left him for, it rattles him to his very existence. It's literally like, he's like, this is not royalty. This does not make for a warrior. This is nothing. You are nothing. And it is a fucking livery, dude. It's, it's so good. He's so good. And, um, basically rolls up to Hector and is like, make him fucking fight. Kick him off of your feet. Bring him back to me or else we're just going to fucking, all hell is going to break loose in a matter of seconds. And, um, he gets a little too close to Hector and Hector puts him down. And every time Hector has to put somebody down who, like, maybe didn't deserve it or it wasn't warranted or Hector had to kill somebody that probably somebody else should have had. Um, you, we see this when he thinks he kills Achilles, but it was not Achilles. Um, there's a sorrow in his eyes. There's this, like, um, this just sad, sorrowful, sorrowful, like, I really don't want to be doing this right now. Look, but I have to do it. And that's on being a fucking top-notch actor like Eric Bana. So um, then we see Brian Cox. Okay, speaking of freaking, speaking of, oh my God, his face. We get this music. I wanted to check. I didn't see who did the score for this. Um, maybe before I finish recording, I'll try to figure it out. We get this, um, it reminds me of um, Tombstone and Dracula, this sort of like high-pitched, um, God, almost like, oh my God, I don't even know how to describe it. Um, it's like high-pitched violins and I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know how to articulate this properly, but the music um, the score that goes over the look on his face with this like funky crown thing he has on his head and he's in his chariot and he just goes like basically like charge motherfuckers and they all go I can't remember what stops this all um but uh eventually um eventually we get a um them going back inside Paris and Hector um uh King Agamemnon puts his brother on the funeral pyre we get like the coins on the eyes you know all that stuff um and yeah he's ready to just take it all and one thing um I haven't mentioned yet was we see um uh Achilles you know start to fall for this you know willful uh I can't remember, like, Acolyte, I guess, what is she? She's Hector's, she's Hector and Paris's cousin. Um, I can't remember her name, starts with a P too. Um, it's not Persephone, it's per, 
something. Um, so he takes a liking to her. And at one point, um, the king decides, like, he knows how to uh, get Achilles to fight for him again. He knows how to push his buttons. And so he has, um, he has somebody take her out of his tent at one point, And he kind of, like, flaunts her in front of um, Achilles. When Achilles says, I'm not going to fight anymore. Like, I'm going home. Like, fuck this. Um, he's like, mm, no, I don't think so. And he brings her out and he looks at her and with this just fucking, just sly, gross, liony smile, he just says, the spoils of war. And it's so gross. And Achilles is like, freaking, if you do not let go of her right now, I will slaughter every single one of you. It's Aragorn, man. This was an Aragorn fucking moment. Okay. Um, and literally like freaking pulls out his like dagger knife thing. I don't know if it's like a, it's like a sword, but it was like shorter than a normal size sword. I don't know what those are called. A half sword. Anyways. Um, yeah. So he's got a fight and it's a whole thing. Um, uh, yeah. So I'm going to kind of just go to the, uh, the old fake out what happens to <laughs> poor Hector has to do another, um, sorrowful, uh, don't want to have to kill this guy, but I guess I am killing this guy move. Um, it's time to charge, uh, charge the walls, time to battle again. Um, it's go time, right? And, uh, Achilles is like, we're not fighting. He tells his, you know, his rogue one dudes, like, we're not doing this but something happens. Um, his cousin gets a little bit pissy because he's young and he's prideful and he's young. Um, he's like, cousin, how dare you not fight for our country? And like, Keeley's is like, look at my face. Have I ever fought for this fucking country for the reasons having to do with this country? Like, no, I just fight because I fucking fight, dude. And he tells him, don't fucking do it. And so little cousin puts on Achilles armor and they do do this thing where like, it's definitely Brad Pitt coming up like through the charge, like these um, kind of like blurry shots, um, which I don't think that they needed to do. I don't know. But um, it sh I guess it just really helps drive the point home that like everybody thought Achilles was coming in, charging. That's what Hector thought. Hector gets in this one-on-one um, -on -one fight and throat's gone, helmet's up. Nope, it's not Achilles. It's baby cousin. And he puts him out of his misery by putting the sword right through his heart. And again, with the eyes, you know what? In The Mandalorian, when Bill Burr goes, something brown eyes? Yeah. Sad, big brown eyes as he drives the knife down in this poor kid's heart, right? And so the next thing we see, you know, Achilles is just like chilling in his like best Grecian linen wear. He's just like, what a day. Look at the sand at the beach opposite of Anakin, right? Achilles was really into the sand. And so his, 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 his buddy comes up and is like, my, my, uh, Lord, sir, uh, we, th your cousin, we thought it was you. And he like slaps him and then he grabs freaking his girlfriend by the throat, which I'm like, if this was written into the screenplay, 
by one of the D&D dudes from Game of Thrones, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, it was a little bit gratuitous, and I don't think it was, like, super necessary. Well, what the fuck ever. Um, it almost reminded me of, like, in Tombstone after uh, Morgan dies and Wyatt's just, like, in the middle of the town, and he's like, uh, stay away from me! And, like, because uh, his, like, girlfriend comes out, and she wants to, like, comfort him, and he's like, can't you see? And, um, but he doesn't put his hands on her throat. So, anyways, moving along. He's upset, okay? This is when, like, fight mode comes out, all right? Um, he gets dressed. He hops in his fucking chariot, goes to the wall, and he starts screaming Hector's name incessantly over and over and over, which I'm like, his poor throat chakra must have been depleted by the time, like, the filming of these scene, this scene was over, okay? So... Hector comes out. He knows it's time. And whoo! What a fucking fight. It's so good. I did let my oldest son watch uh, a lot of this movie, and he really appreciated the fights, and he liked Achilles. Um, he, oh, he liked, he said his favorite fight was the fight between Hector and Achilles, which of course it is! Um, Again, we get that cool freaking lunge jump mood that Brad Pitt does. Um, both of these guys just like solid as a rock. I think Tina Turner has this song where she says like solid as a rock. I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, the fighting, the choreography in this scene, everybody took their job assignments very, very seriously. And we appreciate that. We always appreciate that. So, um, unfortunately, Hector does not make it out. He gets a fucking spear right to the uh, collarbone area. And then Brad, I mean, I'm sorry, Achilles just comes in with the freaking cool looking sword thing. And just like he lunges right into him and then ties up his fucking feet to the chariot and rides away with him off into the sandy sunset dragging beautiful Hector behind him like drag Paris behind you Achilles don't drag beautiful Hector but like I guess he was really mad and you know he was just like burn it all the fuck down so anyways that was really something that was a really really good fight um and he drags he drags Hector off so they can't do a proper you know, funeral thing, um, which, you know, again, damn Achilles, you can be pretty fucking cold. He's got some Michael Corleone moments. I'd have to, everything will always have a, have a Godfather tie-in. Um, but, um, yeah, he does this thing where he kind of like, and his more angry moments, like sort of I don't know. He he hit that one guy and he apologized. He put his hands on his girl, you know, and he, well, he kind of apologized. Um, but like, I don't know. His character is um, just lost deep in the ocean um, when something, you know, he loves is taken from him or is threatened. Okay. It stirs up something deep inside him. And that's what makes him this really great um fictional warrior hero your name will be remembered 
type character and it's just beautiful. So, um, yeah, so he's back in his tent and we see an old, um, old robed man come in and he kisses both of, um, the hands of Achilles and he just looks at him like, who are you? And I think he knows, like, I think he knows. Um, and he's like, I'm the, I'm the only man to ever like kiss the hands of, of the person who, uh, who killed his son. And again, this is, um, uh, Peter O'Toole being beautiful here. Um, him and Brad have a very, uh, good flow together because, um, Peter O'Toole is not bitter and he's not angry. Um, the King is not, um, he's devastated because his son has been taken from him. And, oh, he says something beautiful to Hector before Hector goes off to fight. He says like, um, oh shit. It's something along the lines of like, um, oh, it was so good. It was like, um, you're the, I freaking a, you know what? This is why I should write things down more often. Something to do with like beyond being proud to have him as the son. Like, um, I'm, I'm the proudest father to ever like, hmm, you know, I'm going to stop right here and I'm going to try to come back to it eventually. But, um, he just said a couple beautiful things besides like, may the gods be with you. Um, you made me really proud son. Um, so anyways, so he's kind of, there's this like little back and forth that him and Achilles has. And he basically says, can I please just have my son back so I can do his funeral rites? And then, um, 12 days of peace is supposed to come after it. So basically Achilles brokers a freaking negotiation deal with the King of freaking Troy behind Agamemnon's back, which is like chef's kiss, right? This is just like right up his fucking alley. Okay. And, um, um, and it's good. Uh, the only guy that Achilles ever really listens to is, uh, Odysseus, which is Sean Bean's, uh, character. So anyways, um, what's really cool is what I really liked was like, uh, Achilles asked him like, how'd you get in here? And he's like, I, I, I am the king of this country. So, I uh, I know my way around here a little bit, which is cool because I don't think every king in um, these fun old school stories know jack shit about the layout of their lands. They just sit on their thrones and, uh, that's pretty much it. So now it is time for, uh, for, <laughs> for some real serious thinking. Okay. We got 12 days to think on what comes next. And we see, um, oh yeah. And Brad lets his girlfriend go. He's like, you're free to go if you want. So she goes off with her uncle. And anyways, uh, she goes back to, back into the city. Okay. So Odysseus, um, comes up with this plan after seeing somebody like whittling uh, a wooden horse. Okay. This is where we get the Trojan horse. Um, and all of the, uh, soldiers of Troy come out in the morning and see that the men have all gone, you know, the, the fire, their campfires have been per- put out and there's just this large ass wooden horse. And, you know, of course, the priest guys are like, it's a sign from the gods. They left this for us as a as a gift to the gods. Why the fuck your enemy would leave you a gift to give to the gods doesn't make any sense to me. But somehow, somehow they convinced the king to bring this fucking giant wooden horse 
into the city walls. And you want to know the only one who had the sixth sense to say, no, we should burn it. We should just burn it. Don't move it. Don't touch it. Don't even think about, think about touching it. Just burn it the fuck down. It's Paris, okay? Now that his big brother's gone, some like sixth sense has awoken up in him. And now all of a sudden he's like, all right, I got to be like, I got to like step up my, my, my game here. I need to, need to level up. Okay. And so, um, yeah, I like the term Paris takes like kind of after that, um, his character, there's some good character development there. Um, so, uh, so they bring in the fucking horse and we see a couple soldiers, um, some Troy guys go around this like bend and see all of the freaking ships of Greece sitting there waiting. Okay. Again, game of Thrones moment, loved it. Um, and they're like, Oh shit, they're still here. And then arrowed straight to the chest. They're not gonna be able to get that message to where it needs to go. Um, wooden horse project, wooden horse in effect. Okay. So they all have this big, you know, they're having like this ceremony. Everybody's happy. Every, you know, the the enemy is gone. They left us this wooden horse. Isn't that so nice? Um, and night falls, the grounds are still, and, um, we see the wooden planks just freaking being pushed off of this horse. And one by one, the men of Troy, I mean, the men of, uh, uh, the different places in Greece that Agamemnon has like accumulated throughout the years start, um, jumping on out and, uh, just hell breaks loose from there. Okay, guys, we are in the city walls and, um, you know, it's no, uh, Sir Barristan and, uh, Sir Jorah Mormont going through the sewers of Marine to get inside. Was, was that Marine or was it the uh, one before? You know, I can't remember. But it is good. I like the, the, the I mean, obviously, um, this is one of the biggest, greatest fake outs um, in fictional history of all time. So, it's on. Game over. Done. Okay? Bad decision. You let the horse in. It's going to shit all over the city now. Okay. So everybody's running away. Um, Hector had the, um, the instinct to show his wife, our homegirl from deep blue sea, um, who's trying to figure out how to solve Alzheimer's by using the brain tissue goo from great white sharks in order to solve that problem. That girl, she's in this movie, Saffron Brown. She's actually a really good actress and she's very beautiful. Um, And, uh, she carries like this gorgeous baby around with her, this like whole fucking movie. And it's just like the the kid is very happy in her arms. So whether this is like her actual baby that she was allowed to bring to set or like an actor baby, it was comfortable with her. So obviously she has a good presence. Okay. So liked her, her and her and Hector, cute couple, beautiful couple. He shows her the secret passageway one night, um, uh, a way to get out of the city, a place to bring people. Um, if the walls ever come down and the enemy comes in and she's like, Oh, like, don't, I don't want to No, please don't go to fight. You don't have to do this. And he's like, just remember what I told you in case anything ever happens. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do, sweetheart. Okay. So she does. And it's awesome. And her and, um, 
uh, all the ladies, right? We got Helen and Achilles chick. They're trying to get everybody together to get the fuck out of there. And um, Achilles has one goal, okay? He's there for one reason and one reason alone. He's going to make sure his girl gets out of the city safely, right? Um, and he gets into this like little fight with the soldier real quick. And like the soldier goes like, I have a son. And he looks at him and he goes, well, then get him out of Troy tonight. And it's like, yes, fuck yeah. Like he's not a Terminator. He doesn't just kill to kill. He's like, I don't fucking, oh, it's so good. I really like this character so, so much. He's one of my favorite warrior characters. Um, so yeah, he's off. He's like, I need to find Rose Byrne. Okay. I need to make sure she gets to fucking bridesmaids. Okay. So he's running around. He's looking for her. Um, Paris is, uh, he's got his arrow. He's been practicing. He's coming into his elven self. He's going back to Rivendale. He is, uh, he is missing everything, but his blue eyes and his long blonde hair wick. Okay. Um, he's ready. He's ready to, uh, to play Cupid and shoot these bows off on some unexpecting mother trucker. And unfortunately, unfortunately for all of us, it's a very important character. So uno momento. I'm going to pour one out for Achilles. By the time he finds his lady, um, Paris sees them from afar and he doesn't understand. He's thinking, obviously, Achilles fights for the other side. He's taking my cousin and boom, 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 boom. Okay. He gets Bora fucking mirrored. Okay. Boom, a boom, a boom. Okay. And then beautifully, oh, Brad Pitt falls beautifully in this like perfect angle where we get the arrow so perfectly through that tendon. It's this uh, shot that kind of comes, it sort of comes up. Um, it's like this ascending shot. Uh, and, you know, she's upset. You know, it's almost like this, like, Romeo and Juliet moment where, like, they were, they were there and now they're not, like, they were together and now they're not together. And Paris, I think, realizes right away as soon as he sees his cousin, like, fuck. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that was just, uh, that was a big bummer. We lose our guy. We lose our warrior. We lost Hector. We've lost Achilles Two brave, gallant soldiers. Um, I kind of would be interested to see, uh, I guess I should read this story again. Cause I don't think I've read it since high school. Um, I'd like to see what happens to Paris and Helen once this is all said and done um you know they started it I'd like to see where it ends for them um besides just the burning of the fucking you know centuries old city that is Troy dynasty whatever um so yeah so that's the end we get Sean Beam on this beautiful freaking super tall funeral pyre putting the coins on Achilles and he's like yes I made it through this role. I survived. I did like, you did not take my head. You did not pump me full of arrows this time. Okay. I am here. I am in it to win it. You're going to give me the freaking first words, last words, and the last shot in this film. 
done. And you want to know why? You want to know why they gifted that to Sean Bean? Because of his fucking bangs. Because of the bangs, they looked so good, so beautiful. I think he's the only man in this whole film that actually had, like, his natural hair, like, flowing about him. And, like, gorgeous, okay? And um, that's it. That's Troy. It was pretty phenomenal. I really appreciated it. Um, it was... It was quite a ride. And, uh, yeah, I, what else? Oh, shout out to, uh, the old bear, Sir, uh, Gior Mormont, the, uh, one-time Lord Commander of the Night's Watch. Um, he's in it. He's also, uh, so maybe there's a Benioff connection there. And who else was in Game of Thrones? Um, somebody else in this damn movie, but that's it. I loved it. And, um, yeah, up next is Godfather Part 2, and uh, I hope everybody has a safe and steady week. Springtime, flowers are blooming, the birds are singing, there haven't been any wildfires in a while, so I'm going to knock on wood right now. Um, But, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. We got Godfather Part 2 coming up, Godfather Part 3, um... Took a little LA vacation a few days ago, which was really nice. So I got to watch, I got to watch The Godfather up there, um, which felt like super special. And uh, oh, Levi just came to give me a little visit. Bye, Levi. Peace out. You want to say peace out? Say, say we'll see you next time on the podcast. He's holding up a peace sign. He's got it. This is kind of like radio. They can't see you. all right well yeah that's it that's troy um i really enjoyed the colors of this movie um like the outfits the robes um the armor uh just like the details were were uh done very very well again this isn't like some cold rainy foggy filtered um fantasy uh, story this is beaches sun um you know lighter color stone uh the armor isn't gonna be head to toe medieval style shit um so it was really nice to take in a more colorful uh fantasy film and um where everybody just had fun playing the roles that they played um the accents I don't think we had to take them too too seriously um the fighting was phenomenal choreography was great CGI held up today 17 freaking years later dude um so yeah shout out to freaking Troy Wolfgang Peterson um was the director of this film so that's one thing I remembered um yeah so shout out to Brad Pitt Eric Bana um, Brian Cox, Brendan Gleeson, Peter O'Toole, Diane Kruger, freaking Rose Byrne, Sean Bean. I'm not even done. Garrett Headland. <laughs> just like, it just, Brian Cox, Brendan Gleeson. Did I say that already? Brian Cox, Brendan Gleeson. They played brothers in this fucking movie. Okay. That's hot. I like that. And I'm going to just, I'm going to stop recording now. So